Good morning and welcome to Reflections with Derek and Zachariah. Today is Tuesday, the 16th of June, and today what we're going to do is go through a little bit of Gabrielle's Prayer of Lament that uh, uh, Derek and I both resonated with that, I feel, so we wanted to give that a bit of a callback as we go into our week. And then Derek's going to give a little more uh, bonus information on the sermon that he did. He did a lot of research that he didn't include into the sermon because otherwise he'd still be talking in the sermon. And uh, so we're looking forward to that as well. And then we'll have a prayer and a benediction, and then we'll close out. So without further ado, I'm going to read some of uh, Gabrielle's Prayer of Lament. We lament the deaths of our black sisters and brothers. We grieve and long for your redemption and restoration. How long, O Lord, we cry. Lord, have mercy. Lord, bring justice. We repent from our sins and seek your paths of righteousness. We repent for how long we have taken part in systems and narratives built on racism and white supremacy and exploitation. We repent of our defensiveness, resentment, ignorance, and complicity. Forgive us for all that we have done and for all that we have left undone. So with that ringing in your ears, I'd like to pass it off to Derek, and he's going to give a little more information for us on his sermon that he preached on Sunday. Amen. Thank you, Zechariah. And this morning I'm going to be talking about the main verse. So so I said the main verse in the sermon was, you know, the, the creation narrative, right? Um, God rested on the seventh day after he'd worked in creation. But really what drove the sermon home was Genesis 2.15, which was the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to till it and keep it because that is the first instance of human work. Um, and there were some really interesting things that I found um, when I was researching this. The first interesting thing that I found uh, was that the words till it and keep it, they actually both have religious connotations to them. Um, and some commentators actually argue that it's a bit of a mistranslation because um, th those, those religious concepts are lost in the words till it and keep it. Because when we think till it or work it, as some translations put it, we, we just think regular work. We think, oh, God put man in the garden, man and woman in the garden to just you know garden, plow. Um, but actually the word till it and put together with the word keep it, um, they mean something else. They actually mean, uh, they, they contain the idea of working for someone. It, it doesn't really refer to just those physical things of tilling and keeping and gardening. It's, it's actually God put man and woman in the garden to work for God. Um, and this is pretty clear when you read it in the Hebrew because um, that word, Tillit is used hundreds of times in the Old Testament. And very rarely is it actually used to refer to those physical things of plowing, of messing around with dirt. Um, most of the times it's, it's used to refer to uh, working for someone in a very worshipful religious way. Um, and that connection I made to Egypt later on in the sermon when 
the Israelites are working for Pharaoh. Um, I mentioned how God tells Pharaoh, let my people go that they might work for me. And if you, were, if you read most English translations, I'm going to stop and take a breath. <clears throat> most English translations will have, let my people go that they might worship me. But in fact, the word worship there is the word for till. It's the word for, it's, it's the word work. Um, and the Bible uses these same words um, for work in both instances. And most Old Testament commentators will agree there's a very clear connection um, that that word used in Genesis 2 is like how it's used in Exodus. Um, God put man and put him in the garden to work for not necessarily just to, you know, garden. It's a very religious idea. And also, if you notice the word keep, again, it's when we read it in English, it's kind of like, oh, they're going to walk around the garden and <laughs> make sure that, you know, the bugs don't eat the plants or something. Um, but again, that idea keep, too, um, has religious connotation. Think of, think of the idea of keeping commandments, right? We... We keep commandments by obeying them. Um, and that's the same idea here. If you notice, Genesis 2.15, it says, God took the man, put him in the garden to till and to keep it. And the next verse right after is a commandment. And the Lord God commanded the man, you may freely eat of every tree of the garden, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. Right? It's a commandment that the man and the woman were supposed to keep. It's not that they were supposed to, you know, keep the garden as like gardeners. Um, the ideas there are that man and woman were placed in the garden to worship and to obey God. Um, and so, yeah, I just thought that was a, an interesting side note that really, you know, it's not necessary to put in something like a sermon, but it really ties the whole, it ties the ideas together. Um, and it's, some would call it like the exegetical heavy work or the interpretive heavy work that we have to do when we're researching a sermon to, you know, make those connections, right? Because otherwise, the connection I made between Genesis and Exodus, it's kind of unfounded, right? There's, there's not a lot of support for it. But what I wanted to kind of make clear is that the Bible is very specific about that connection, that the kind of work that we do on this earth can be tempting. We, we can worship the wrong things when we work, and we can obey the wrong things when we work. And in reality, our work is really supposed to be directed to God. It's work for God. It's not just work for the sake of work or work for the sake of, you know, making money. So as Derek was speaking, something that was kind of on my heart was the the idea of the work of social justice, the work that is being done in our country right now. And our place as a church, I believe, is at the front lines of that work. I, I think this is something that needs to be done because Jesus wants us to do this. It is close to the heart of Jesus to bring those who are in oppression out of oppression. It is at the heart of Jesus to help your neighbor. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and the Bible calls us to be peacemakers. And being peacemakers is 
It's different than just being peaceful. Um, peacemaking is an action. It's work that you have to do to make peace between people. And I think a lot of times it's easy for us, especially those who aren't really affected by these issues, to kind of sit back and just be peaceful. Um, but that's not required of us. Um, that's not what is required of, of us in the Bible. What is required is peacemaking. It's justice-making, right? To love mercy, to long for it. Um, and I think that's a good point you make, Zechariah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely merits, in my mind, more thinking. And uh, mm-hmm. you'll probably get to hear more of my thinking on Sunday because <laughs> I get to preach the sermon on Sunday. So I get to say all the things that are on my mind. <laughs> I'll try to keep it. Shameless plug. <laughs> All right, and so for now, Derek's going to pray us out, and I'll give us a benediction, and uh, we're going to hopefully see see you guys later this week and to have a good week. All right, let us pray. Lord God, we grieve and we long for your redemption and restoration. We ask for your spirit now to reveal all that we have done and all that we have left undone. We pray that your spirit would manifest in us the good that is required of us to work and to will to make peace for your good pleasure and for your good intention, for your long-awaited justice. May we work for you and you alone. Amen. Amen. As you go into this week, may the face of God smile upon you and may you have peace. And we will see you on Friday. Have a wonderful week.